Welcome to Finding the Keys, Conversations on Self-Care for Parents. I'm your host, therapist and coach, Dr. Christine Forte-Klotz. Finding the Keys is not your typical parenting podcast. You won't find instructions or advice here on how to raise your kids. Instead, this podcast is about you as a parent, as a person. We cover real life practices for managing overwhelm, taking care of our health in mind, body, spirit, and embracing the chaos along with the joy that parenting brings. Through the interviews and insights shared, we navigate finding the keys to balance in life, work, and beyond. So join me. Let's get started. On today's episode of Finding the Keys, we have an exciting lineup of first a conversation with Janet Lee Patel about Pilates and how it can be an important part of our self-care, not only for our bodies, but also for the ways that we might grow and challenge ourselves psychologically and in our mindsets and the ways that we can even find healing emotionally as we continue to grow in our physical strength. Janet began her career in finance, but once she discovered Pilates, for her there was no turning back. She's been teaching Pilates since 2008 and is passionate about helping others grow stronger and stay injury-free through Pilates. You can find out more and about her studio at her website, which will be in the show notes. And then following our conversation with Janet today, we're going to do a couple of exercises to practice some of the breath work that Janet and I mention during our conversation. Please stay tuned at the end for that, and I hope that you can join us in the practice today. And now, here's Janet. Well, good morning, Janet. Good morning. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today, even though I guess we're both kind of recovering from this uh, little cocktail of cold RSV, laryngitis, whatever is going around Brooklyn right now. I know, Please half the population's our... got it. <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, I, I figured, you know, let's go ahead because mm-hmm. maybe it's a little bit representative of our moment right now, you know, that we're kind of all still coming out of a pandemic here. And, and from mm-hmm. what I'm hearing, that's a big part of what's happening with the colds is that, you know, we've kind of had all the isolation and masking for so long. And now here we are all back together. And yeah, uh, this is like the physical manifestation of it, right? It absolutely is. Yeah. It's been terrible. <laughs> and so I understand, um, I wanted to ask a little bit about Re Pilates. I understand you recently re- rebranded. I know you were Pilates mama before. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me a little bit about that? You know, kind of what your thinking was and what is Re Pilates? Am okay. I saying it right? Is it Re yes. or R-E? Re okay. Pilates. Mm-hmm. R-E Pilates, Re Pilates. So before um, when I was Pilates Mamas, the focus of the company is very much um, a, a family-oriented class with the emphasis of you don't have to leave your kids behind. You can be a model of a healthy well-being and having a healthy habit and show how your kids do it 
and do it with them. Hopefully, like they will model what you do, and most people, do, most kids do. They model what their moms and dads do, and um, help them establish fitness as or, or exercise as part of their routine. It's not something that you need to. Oh, I need to book a babysitter and come and work out for an hour. Um, it's something that you can do as a family, as a family um, activities, because many times we hear like moms or dads like I don't have time because I have to take care of our kids or my babysitter doesn't come through it's hard to book a babysitter just for one class etc etc but there are a way of doing incorporating that in our very busy life as parents that's how Pilates Mama started during um, the pandemic unfortunately no one wants to bring the kids no one wants to like be in a big group class so we pivoted and we very much changed direction of the company due to that macro environment of like everyone just wants something very small and very um, isolated from other people. And also from my own, my own growth and my own need, my kids get a little bit older. Um, they're not coming to class to demonstrate anymore. But also I see the need of focusing on individual, what they need in their body because at that time with the isolation we give all our all to our family to survival to making sure we're healthy and what's always take a back step is our own well our own wellness so i i pivoted our company and started just doing individualized sessions private one-on-one -on -one, highly tailored um sessions based on what everyone's needs is different. Everyone's needs, every day's needs is different. Every week's need is different. In a group class, it's hard to give that individual focus. And um, this is where I see the need of everyone does um, required right now. So we pivoted and therefore the change of the name um, is called Replates. It's many things, it's about refocusing of our inner strength and our outer strength and um, rejuvenating our physical fitness through mental fitness as well, because I think a lot of, of physical fitness like through exercising can help you with your mental strength as well and return to be how physically strong we want to be. Wow. I just love that, how you really talk about the holistic wellness and self-care you know, that with Pilates, it's it's not just about a physical element, but also the mental component that comes with it. And what you said about, you know, even with our physical wellness and self-care, kind of modeling and incorporating even our families and children in that, you know, that at times, I guess it's something that we take as time away. And at times, maybe they're around us and climbing on us. And I just love all the, the little reels that you post where like Cassian is helping you with a pose or something. It's just so sweet. Sorry for our listeners. Her son uh, is, you know, helping with a pose that it's, you know, I think it's wonderful when we model that for our children or even when we take the time away and say, all right, this is time that mom is going to go do something for herself. I think modeling it also in that way is is really helpful for them. And they then see the results of it, that we feel stronger and more energized. 
Yeah, absolutely. The modeling is very important because, I mean, honestly, you see a lot of parents are tired at the playground and that while the kids are running around doing monkey bars and stuff. Why can't we do that at the same time? Why can't we do something as a family or just mom and kids or daddy kids, whoever, like together and both of you get fit rather than just one person sitting down like standing in a corner being cold and the other like the kid like running around and do all the fun stuff um and I think the modeling thing you would think that the kids really forget about it I have clients that from a few years back the kids remember coming to class and then whenever I bump into them they were like look I'm doing the hundred and you're like pumping their arms up and down so they still they do remember that but then this is, I just think it's a really good, fun way to introduce exercise, not as something, oh, I'm so bored. I'm like, I have to run for 30 minutes, whatever it is. Like it can be a fun way of doing something. Right, exactly. And I guess that's where you start to get into some of the mental piece of if we can engage with the fun and the joy and the presence to, to do this exercise. Could you say a little bit more about what you notice happening for your clients, perhaps on the the mental or emotional side of things as they get into practicing Pilates? So I think I need to start by like explaining Pilates. Like, um, yes. Okay. So, uh, so just a little bit in terms of there is a mental part to practicing Pilates, especially if you're not just going to a, a large 30, 40 person grip class it's a lot of putting your brain into understanding what your body is doing rather than just for example going, going to gym and going to elliptical you can be like watching tv and just doing running because your body knows what to do just run like you can be autopilot and not really be aware of what your body is doing how you're landing it whether you're running fast enough slow enough etc etc but in pilates while you're practicing it you really have to put your mind to it to understand the movement, to do it well and do it not hurting yourself. So in order for that to happen, what I see is the transformation of the person coming in, maybe very stressed or like in the middle of like a really long day. They come in, they have this hour, they need to take the brain out of the daily stress and daily work they have to think about all the time and just really focusing on themselves. And the breathing part is part of Pilates, really important to you. Like uh, breathing is really incorporated in, in the exercise very much. So, so when you're like breathing well and you really just like take your brain out of the craziness in the world out there and you come to the studio and you just focus on your body, you feel really rejuvenated after that, however, like, however the, long the session is. Plus, you get a benefit of your body feeling much stronger and you feel like you're standing taller. You feel like you have accomplished something. So that hour of working out really like kind of stay with you. A lot of clients told me it's like after a session with you, I stay, like I feel great for like the next two, three days because that's just kind of stays with you. Yeah, I just love that what you say about how the breath work is so energizing because breath work is something that also we do, you know, of course, in psychotherapy or for emotional healing. Um, and I, I think it's fantastic the way that Pilates incorporates that as you're doing 
the physical exercise, that there is that mindful awareness of what's happening with the breath and the body and using it to energize. And I'm reminded also of um, a, a, a Buddhist monk whose teachings that I've followed quite a bit, the late Thich Nhat Hanh, how he talks about the purpose of exercise just as being a moment to be fully present and really enjoy using the body. That yes, okay, there's all the health benefits, yeah. but how it can just be so wonderful to just enjoy that, like, look what my arms can do or look what my legs can do and be so yeah. present with that. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we can be so autopilot with our life. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm walking this way. I'm carrying this thing. But how can we actually bring some of the practice, breathing, and maybe like from Pilates or whatever you do, you can make it a more efficient way or more, more functional way of you using your body. Therefore, you you don't get tired as much. You don't, maybe you don't get uh, the back pain as much, your knee pain as much, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important too. Yeah. From that, I guess, kind of very the specific physical perspective of you mentioned back and knee pain, which I guess are very common ones. Are there other elements that you find in particular that Pilates can be helpful to new parents, either mothers or fathers, what you've noticed there? I found for new parents or even like, expecting parents there are certain stress level that comes with it right like mm -hmm. you are expecting you're like a little uncertain or you're also excited but also as a new parents too the physical demand especially for new parents is nothing that you have experienced before the like not enough sleep the um the round of your spine you constantly rounding over to carry your new baby you can constantly bending over to take them out of the crib you're constantly sitting down on the floor playing with them. These are not probably something that we do prior to kids, like on a day-to-day -day basis in so many hours. And that takes a toll in our body, especially when you don't have enough sleep or for moms, especially recovering from childbirth as well, where your abdominals are already weakened from the process. And it comes to manifest into a lot of different things, hip pain, lower back pain, etc etc shoulder pain neck pain and through to pilates is because because the emphasis of working on strength and flexibility in equal parts that makes it particularly helpful so you're not just lifting weight but you're also strengthening the muscle but giving it the flexibility to support that too so you're not just i'm strong i'm like a lock of wood but you're actually subtle enough that you can are strong but you can also bend forward to help your kids like tie his shoelaces etc so it's not one thing or the other it's like you need both things for our body to work functionally and efficiently um and plus the the flexibility part in pilates is not um static it's very dynamic so it's incorporated in every exercise there's an element of flexibility the elements of strength which I found it a lot more for me it just like energizes me a little bit more rather than I'm just going to stretch my legs for a little bit you know so I think for young for new moms and dads that's really important in their new phase of their life too. 
Yeah. Well, and that's such an important point you make about, I guess, the lifestyle differences of the demands on the body after having children. Because I think where there is some focus on body changes, which, you know, maybe is like a whole another line of discussion that I feel like in the U.S. in general, there is not enough focus on physical recovery after pregnancy. But where there is maybe some focus, I think it often just focuses on recovering from the pregnancy and the birth. And then there isn't necessarily much attention or recognition given to, okay, and and then what next? Like, what are we preparing for here? Which is a quite often, you know, a, a, a lifestyle that's active in very different ways from what people might be used to. Very much so. And also even as the journey of your parenthood progress, the demand on your body changes, just like mm-hmm. your kids, like changes you know, they change what they need every six months. Mm-hmm. Your body, our body needs to match that demand. And if we don't take care of ourselves, it's hard to match them. I personally don't want to feel like I'm missing out because, oh, my back doesn't feel that good today. Oh, my ankle is hurting, so I can't run with you. Or um, I want to be able to be um, fit and well enough to enjoy those moments with them and to also to help them as well and be part of their life, doing things with them rather than taking a back back seat because I can't do this because something hurts and I'm worried about like hurting something. So for me, like the physical taking care of myself, yes, for myself, but also I think also looking forward, I want to be with my kids in a more quality way. And that helps me with that. Right. Yeah. To be able to have that strength and ability to fully participate. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember uh, years ago, another Pilates teacher telling me that after the age of 25, basically, (laughs) if you, if you want to keep up your strength and be able to live without pain and do everything you want to do, that you do have to work hard at it, which I know in a way might sound a little bit like, oh gosh, 25. But, you know, I think for me, it brought home the idea that, all right, we have to work at this, you know, that it's, nobody can just expect that, oh, I'm going to be able to do everything without trying, that this is, again, a piece of self-care that actually is a little bit of work, but also can feel really good. And that the results are sort of a, a virtuous cycle of the more we do, the better it feels. Absolutely. And I think it's like, I, it's almost like an investment in yourself and your future. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you just do, I don't know, whatever physical activities you do that you do a few times a week, you do feel better and you feel better for longer if you keep doing it and you're going to stay fit for longer. So it's not a one-time thing. And it's like, it's just establishing new habits, basically. Yeah. 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 Shifting gears a tiny bit. um, I always like to kind of make sure on this show that we address not just mothers, but fathers. Yeah. And I'm aware that, you know, when it comes to kind of, again, I guess going back to the physical recovery with pregnancy and all, um, that often there is sort of the focus on what mothers need to do. 
But I find actually when we look at it in families, sometimes fathers undergo some physical changes too. The French even have a name for it. They call it a, a corvade, which is basically like the father gets a little bit of kind of a phantom pregnancy and he might start to get a bit of a tummy or, uh, you know, isn't exercising as much as he did before. I mean, partly just because of very real time constraints that come up or, and I'm curious if, if you do find yourself getting the opportunity to work much with fathers or what your thoughts or advice for, for them can be. Um, I do have male clients. It's interesting that I think male clients, just male, usually relate to workout as I'm going for a run, I'm going to gym, I'm like going to lift some weights. But they also need the other part of it, the flexibility part, the strength part of it, of other exercises as well. I actually have a lot of male clients that they are very, very serious of the fitness regime. And I found a lot of them, um, some of them are pro athletes as well, but they understand the importance of cross training. So they don't just do one thing, or even if they're like, say they're like professional golfer, they, they understand or tennis player, which I have many of them, but they understand they need to actually do something to help them improve their game or to help them have their bodies stay fitter and better for longer so the the importance of cross training is very important to give your body like a benefit of doing something else like a lot of like pro soccer players are actually uh, do pilates on a regular basis as well so i would say if you haven't tried go and try one because there are a lot of um traditionally there was a lot of dancers who turned to become a pilates instructors so they might have incorporated a lot of the dance words into their teaching or they teach. They also teach a lot of like female or um, dance clients. So don't be afraid of them. Find someone that you can talk to and understand your body needs and give it a try. Like my male clients are great. They're like usually so, so dedicated and they're so laser focused. Like they're on, they're on like for the 55 minutes is like bam, 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 bam. And they do everything with such precisions. I love like they That's are so, so inspiring. Yeah. 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 Well, fantastic. And I think it's, it's really interesting there how you do bring up about cross training, because I think you're right that I guess all too often, maybe the, and certainly I'm no expert in like the male fitness regimes that there are right now, but I know quite often they might be focused on a lot of just like either heavy weight lifting or running or some combination of the two. And that I guess what I'm hearing from you is that it does need to be a bit more well-rounded, um, really also from the perspective of preventing injuries which, you know, certainly as parents is so critical that we're not, you know, kind of out there hurting ourselves because then how are we going to take care of everyone else? Um, so kind of that, I guess, the the laser focus of kind of the precision muscle strengthening and flexibility that Pilates really can do. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about runner, they also need flexibility 
mm-hmm. on the hamstrings, on the hips as well. And and the abdominals and the core has to support them through all the running, especially if you're like a long, like long distance runner, you need the support of your core to do all that and the flexibility of your hips in order to run and your ankles as well to run efficiently. So these think of it that way is actually going to make what you love to do. Maybe it's running tennis, whatever it is going to make your game better. Right. Exactly. That it's all kind of part of the same whole. Well, for anyone, because I know for a lot of people, it might often be, you know, sort of a goal or an ideal that, yes, I want to do more for myself in terms of physical self-care. And uh, for anyone that might be kind of feeling blocked in getting started on that or, all right, how do I, where, where do I begin or how do I carve out the time for it? I mean, what is... How do you usually address that of like when we're feeling, I don't know how to get started? First of all, I think if you have never done something before, go and try it. Go and try it. Find someone you love. Find someone that you think that you can communicate in a in a good way. They understand what you want to do. And also just try it not just once because the first time the teacher doesn't know you. So it's, it's, it takes time. It's like courting. You know, she needs to know you. You need to know them. She needs to know how your body works and what your needs are. You need to show her, like, what are you capable of or what direction you want to go in. It takes a few times. I would say at least two or three times to really kind of get into growth, a growth of, like, knowing you and, like, get you to do what you, like, what your goal is. Um, So don't just try once and dismiss it. Try two three times, I would say three times is a great amount of time. And in terms of, oh yeah, you have a a busy schedule. I understand everyone has a really busy schedule and it's hard to fit something in. But basically what I do with my clients is they treat this coming to see me, uh, having a session as a weekly meeting. So, So they put it down on the diary, even on the work diary, they just block it out the same time each week. So they said, this is, this is an hour I need to do this now. You don't need to show everyone what you're doing. You just need to block it out. And that makes it so much easier um, because that time is set aside already. So you don't have to scramble every every time you finish a session. Oh, what can I do next week? You know, now, you know, every day, every week, Tuesday at 10 o'clock, you do Pilates. And that makes it so much easier to manage. That makes sense. And I really like what you say there. It really resonates about just try it. You know, and I think whenever we're getting into something, if if we can bring sort of an attitude of experimentation or curiosity of, all right, let me just go try this and, and see what happens. Um, I often encourage that for, for my clients as well, you know, in, in different things, not necessarily exercise related, but many things in life. If we can just bring an attitude of experimentation of, I wonder what will happen if I do this, yeah. you know, and, and I think that also can help us to manage our expectations, like you said, of, all right, let's not expect the first session to be like some sort of incredible epiphany but just all right this is a first experiment let's try it we got to keep experimenting and you know till we sort of hit our stride with it and see where it takes us I think that also is the open mind attitude is very important and that's what you teach we teach our kids too right like Mm -hmm. you are like maybe try this 
maybe you want to encourage them to, to try something. That's exactly the same. Let's yeah, let's just see what can happen. And I think you're right that that's that's also another great thing that we can model for our children is kind of this attitude of all right, we can try something new. It doesn't have to be a huge deal or something to be afraid of, but just let's let's see where where we end yeah. up with it. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Well, this has just been so inspiring to speak with you today, Janet. I'm, I want to go do some Pilates now later today. Yes. I Thank love it. You. you have such a great energy. Um, and your clients, I know, are just so fortunate to get to share in that with you. Oh, thank you, Christine. It's been lovely talking to you. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you again to Janet Lee Patel for joining us here today to talk about the ways that Pilates can be a resource to our holistic self-care. Continuing on this theme that she and I discussed of breath work, I thought it might be useful to wrap up today's episode with a couple of exercises. Something that I often mention on my guided meditation podcast, Mental Oasis, that I find really can't be said enough times is how special the breath is as a window into our nervous system. What I mean by this is that the breath, whether or not we think about it, it continues. You know, so even when we're asleep, the breath goes on to keep us functioning, keep all of our tissues and systems alive and full of energy, but that the breath can also be something that we use consciously through choice in order to really improve and increase our functioning. So it's both. It continues on without our thought, but also we can make choices about how it's helping our bodies and our minds, of course. So a couple of exercises that I thought we might practice together today that you might be familiar with already, but even if so, I find it can always be useful and encouraging to practice these things together. There's the one is called box breathing, and then the second one that we'll do together, which you can even practice with your kids, is called the alligator breath. So for the first one of box breathing, and if you like, and you're in a space to do so, you might close your eyes. I find closing the eyes can help us really bring our attention and full awareness inwards. For the box breath, we're going to envision in our minds going around the four sides of, our, of a square. So kind of picturing a square before you. And with your breath, you're tracing the four sides of the square. Each of these sides represents a part of the breath. And we're going to try to go along each side for as long and as slowly as possible. Now in this practice today, I'll do a count of four on each side, but when you practice it on your own later, of course, if it feels more comfortable to do so, you can do a shorter count, or you might increase the count to five, six, seven, eight, however many feels accessible to you. So as we inhale along the first side of the square, inhale two, three, four, tracing down, pause, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, 
pause, two, three, four. So with each part of the breath, the inhale, the pause, the exhale, the pause, we envision ourselves going along a side of the square until we meet back at the beginning point. Once again, inhale, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, inhale, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four. And you can go around the square as many times as you like. When we're beginning to practice this breath work, I would often encourage perhaps envisioning going around the square 10 times. 10 times around the square, we really can bring ourselves to a different place in terms of slowing down, of accessing a part of the nervous system that feels calmer. And then the other breath exercise that we'll practice is called the alligator breath. Now on the alligator breath, we're going to use our hands for this one. So I'd like you to put your hands together as though you're making the snout of an alligator. And as we inhale through our nose, the snout opens, your hands open and exhale through your mouth, closing the hands again. And each time you do this, inhale through the nose, open the snout, exhale, bring the hands together again through the mouth. Each time I'd like you to really focus on inhaling completely and also exhaling completely. So perhaps when you really exhale through the mouth, it's like a, you know, like you really push the air out, perhaps even using the abdominal muscles. And then inhale through the nose. You might even try to make some noise there as an alligator might. And exhale through the mouth. And this is one that, again, you can practice with your kids. Do it a bunch of times with them. They'll find it so much fun. And if they can get into practicing it with you at a moment where you're all feeling calm and happy and having fun, Sometimes then it can be easier to utilize this alligator breath at a moment when perhaps they're starting to feel upset or a bit frustrated about something. We can just say, oh, let's do some alligators. And because they get to use their little hands in opening and closing, that helps them also with really connecting to what we might do there. And so it can just be a moment for them and for us to kind of, all right, let's take a break from whatever we were starting to feel frustrated about 
and just connect to these alligators for just a moment, opening and closing the hands, kind of snapping the jaws shut on the alligator on the hands when we do that. So we can even kind of make it a little bit playful. Thank you all again for joining me here today. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you along with me on this journey. As always, I welcome your feedback and your questions. Please let me know what you want to hear about. Contact info is in the show notes. And also don't hesitate to share this episode with anyone you think would benefit from it. We'll be back next time with more.